0: You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, That's Amore. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. Our Sunday service has been canceled due to that white stuff that's been falling from the sky. But we wanted to make sure that you had a good, nourishing meal of the Word of God to enjoy and to be strengthened and edified by On this weekend. So, we're bringing you this audio message via the internet entitled, That's Amore. Yeah, it's a special weekend. It's Valentine's Day weekend. And we want to talk about love, but not just any kind of love. We want to talk about real love. I mean, there are a ton of songs about love. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore, right? I bet you it wouldn't take long for you to think of three songs about love or the talk about love. There are a lot of songs about love. There are a lot of books about love. There are a lot of uh, poems and stories and movies. And there are a lot of questions about love. And as a result, there's a lot of confusion about love. Well, at Highway Church, we want you to experience real love, not a substitute for love, not artificial love, but the real thing. Now, if you're going to experience real love, you need to be able to recognize real love. And we're going to talk about that today, how to recognize real love so you can experience real love. Okay. And you know, as I was praying and preparing for this week's message, I was reminded of some things that I had heard many years ago. And I don't remember what class it was in or exactly where I was. But I remember hearing about a famous experiment that a psychologist did and what he wanted to do he wanted to to see if a of a child's need from the mother if their greatest need was for food or for affection and i don't remember all the details but i kind of remember just the the overall point of it but he used monkeys and what he did he took monkeys that had been with their mom i think for for a number of weeks and then he he put them in a cage separated them from their mom and they still had the food they needed but they didn't have the affection from the mom and what this psychologist concluded is that the child's greatest need was not for food, but for affection. And I remember hearing of other observations and uh, scenarios where children were, did not receive the affection they needed from their parents and, and how their health was affected. And you, you know, man would would do a lot less experiments if he just took God at his word if he just believed God, when we look at the Bible, the book of love, of real love, it shows us very clearly that love is the greatest need that we have, without exception. Love is your greatest need, and it's my greatest need. So if love is our greatest need, then it's really important that we're able to recognize what love is. When love, real love, is not present in our lives, we begin to malfunction. Oh, is that true? We do. We begin to think strange things. We begin to do things that aren't uh, healthy for us. We begin to make demands on other people. So let's, let's spend some time today and let's get into the Word of God. Let's learn about real love so that we can experience it and have no shortage of it in our lives. All right. Now, we know that there are a lot of counterfeits out there. There are a lot of people who call lust love. But the truth is, lust is not love. And we're going to see why in a little while. Now, this weekend, it's Valentine's Day weekend, uh, a very uh, popular movie came out. It's getting a lot of press, and it's entitled Fifty Shades of Grey, and, and maybe you've heard of it. Um, And, you know, I, I have not seen the movie, uh, nor do I plan on seeing the movie? I'm not going to see it and I don't recommend you seeing it. It's a pornographic film really. Um it's in it's in regular theaters across the uh the, across America. But the title I found is very revealing. It's a story uh, about people who are confused, people who don't know what love is. It's a story about lust. And the title is Fifty Shades of Grey. And I think that's very revealing because the enemy of your soul, Satan, your adversary, he doesn't want your greatest need met. He doesn't want you to experience real love. So he wants you to think that love is gray, that it's subjective, that, you know, what you say is love is is okay for you and what I say is love is okay for me. But in reality, love is not a subjective thing. Love is not a thing at all. And, And love is not gray. It's not gray. There are not 50 shades of gray about love. Love is not confusing. In fact, when you begin to realize and you begin to experience real love, you'll see that love is very clear. Love is very vibrant. Love is very colorful, and it's easy to recognize. So let's get into the book of love. Let's go to 1 John Chapter 4. And as we go there, let's pray together. Father, we, we come to you this day and we put our faith in you, knowing that you are love and that real love is from you. And Father, I pray that everyone listening to this message would experience your amazing love in their lives today. Holy Spirit, I ask you to touch every heart. And to speak to every person listening, that they would receive who you are in their lives and develop a very real relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're in the book of First John toward the end of the Old Testament, the epistles of John the Apostle. And let's take a look at chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Wow, isn't that, isn't that revealing? So love is not a thing, but a who. Love is a who. <laughs> That's important. Love is a who. Why is that important? Because a thing can change, but a who does not change based on what I believe. Let me give you an example. I'm a who and you're a who, right? Well, my name is Joseph. And maybe you, let's pretend you've never met me. And maybe I'm at the same restaurant that you're at and you're having dinner with someone. And maybe they know me. And for some reason, they don't like me and they, they don't want you to know me or to think well of me. So they may see, uh, see me and they say, see that person over there? Yeah, his name's Jeremy. Jeremy. He's a liar, he's a crook, he's, uh, he's um, not someone you can trust, and they tell you these things about me that aren't true, but you don't know me, and you know them, so you're not sure what to believe, and then maybe the next day, we meet in Coles, and we're standing in line, and you remember, ah, that's the guy my friend told me about, Jeremy, and I, and I say, hi, my name's Joseph. And you really don't believe what I'm saying to you because of what your friend told you, right? But if you believe my name's Jeremy, does that change what my name really is? Of course not. My name really is Joseph, whether you believe that or not. You might believe that I'm a liar and a crook, and uh, but that doesn't make me a liar and a crook. And the same is true about God. Sometimes people have told us things about God, and they've given us a distorted picture of Him. And as a result, the things that we may believe about Him aren't really true, okay? Now, so what I believe about God or about love, it doesn't change God. It doesn't change love, but what I believe about God or about love does determine the degree to which I will experience love or I will experience God. If I believe things about love that aren't true, it's going to hinder my experience, my ability to experience real love. That's true of God. If I believe things about God that aren't true, it's going to hinder my relationship with him. Not because he is those things, but because my beliefs are wrong. Okay, so love and and faith or believing, they go together. Now let's keep reading in 1 John chapter 4. This is verse 9. So verse 8 ended, for God is love. And verse 9 says, in this, the love of God was manifested or revealed to us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world. Why did he do that? That we might live through him. Verse 10 In this, the reality that God sent His Son into the world that we might live through Him, in this is love. Not that we loved God. It wasn't our initiative. We didn't come up with this. We didn't invent love. But that God loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So love was not our idea. Real love isn't something that man created or came up, up with. Real love is who God is, and it was his initiative. He decided to reveal his love for us by sending his son into the world that you and I might live through him today. Now isn't that what Jesus said in John ten? 10? I came that they might have life and might have it more abundantly. So we, we learn what real love is. We begin to recognize real love by looking at the at, by looking at this relationship. That God the Father has with God the Son. That's what 1 John says. It says God's love, the love of God was manifested through, through God the Father sending God the Son. So let's take a look at this relationship. And as we see the way that God the Father loved the Son and God the Son loved the Father, we're going to begin to recognize real love in our own lives, all right? So John chapter 3, let's go now to the book of John, not First John, but the book of John. It's the fourth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And let's go to chapter 3. And let's start reading in verse 16. We're talking about recognizing real love so we can experience real love. All right. Chapter three, verse 16 of the book of John. For God so loved the world. There it is again. It's his initiative. He is love. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, this is of his love is available to everybody. Whoever believes, but you've got to believe, right? You've got to believe in his love to receive his love. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal. Life. I want you to remember that phrase, eternal life, okay? Verse 17, for God, for love did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through him. Now, that word eternal life, so God or love, so loved the world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in his only son would not perish, but have eternal life. What does eternal life mean? Well, in John chapter 17, verse three, Jesus defines eternal life for us. And here's a great example. If you don't know what eternal life is, you will not be able to experience it, okay? So sometimes what we believe uh, about eternal life keeps us from experiencing eternal life. Jesus defines eternal life in this way, verse 3 of John 17. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That word no there is a word that is the same word that is used in the greek when said when excuse me when it says that joseph knew not his wife mary until jesus was born it is a word of intimacy the intimacy that a husband and a wife experience so jesus according to jesus eternal life is entering into this intimate relationship with god where we become one with him. That's what eternal life is. And the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, eternal life, oneness, intimacy with God is now yours. Isn't that awesome? It is. So Jesus, we see, came to bring us into this intimate relationship with real love. With God, right? God is love. In fact, Jesus said in John 14, 23, he said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Wow, talk about an intimate relationship. God wants to live in you. So we're looking now at this relationship that God the Father has with God the Son. It's the same relationship that God wants to have with you. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? God the Father wants you to have the same intimate relationship with him that Jesus has. In fact, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 27, I'm going to read this out of the message translation, okay? It's verse 27. It says, Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. The Father has given me all these things. Love, we could say, right? Love has given me all these things. To do and say, this is a unique father-son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does, but I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. So Jesus said, the life I'm living, all the things that you see me doing, healing the sick, making the lame walk, the maimed toll, the blind see, the deaf hear, teaching, preaching, healing. uh, These things come out of this father-son relationship we have. The intimacies and knowledge that we have because of of our relationship. And he says, I am ready to bring you into that same intimate relationship so that you can do the things that I have done. How powerful is that? And when we look at Jesus, we see, even as a boy, that he was all about his Father God. In Luke chapter 2, when Jesus was 12 years old, in verse 49, when his parents, his earthly parents, Mary and Joseph, were looking for him and they couldn't find him, they found him in the temple. He was listening to the teachers and asking questions. And, and, and Jesus said to his earthly parents, he said, Why did you seek me? This is age 12. He, we're looking at his relationship with his father. This is real love. In in this relationship, real love is revealed, okay? So Jesus said to his parents, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Wow. There he is at age 12 saying, I am fully committed to the things that are important to my heavenly father. My life, I must be about what's important to him. His priorities have become my priorities. And we see when Jesus was an adult, in John chapter 4, 34, he said to his disciples, my food, what I eat, my food, my nourishment, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work the new living translation says it this way my nourishment comes from doing the will of god who sent me and from finishing his work wow what an it what a what a passionate relationship god the son had with god his father and that's the relationship that where real love experience that that God wants to bring us into, where our nourishment comes directly from Him, where His priorities become our priorities, where what's important to Him becomes important to us. So we see not only that Jesus was all about His Father, but we see how much the Father loved the Son. In fact, in Matthew chapter 3, Jesus was now an adult, and he was just baptized by John and getting ready to begin his ministry at about the age of 30. And in verse 16, it says in Matthew chapter 3, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting alighting upon him. Verse 17, look at this. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. But I want you to know something. Not only did God love Jesus, his son, so much, but he saw beyond his beloved son it tells us in First John, to you. He was looking beyond his son because not only did he love him, he loved you. And First John and John 3 tell us that he actually gave his beloved son so that you, through faith in his beloved son, could become his child also. See, that's, that's real love. Lust, on the other hand, is the opposite of that. Love looks beyond self. Love does what it does for the benefit and edifying of the other. Lust, on the other hand, is selfish. Lust is all about me uh, gratifying some urge I have or making sure that I'm taken care of. That's how lust operates. And so many times what is lust is called love. But it's just not so. Love just doesn't behave that way. So we, we're, we're learning as we look at Jesus, God the Son and God the Father, we're learning and recognizing what real love is all about. And, and I'm sure you've probably heard it before, but one of the clearest descriptions of love is found in 1 Corinthians Chapter Thirteen, starting in verse four, and I want to read to you two different translations of it. The first one is the n i v translation, which is very common, and I'm sure you've probably heard it before, but let's read it because it's very, very powerful First Corinthians thirteen four through eight So as we recognize real love, it's going to enable us to experience real love in our lives. Verse four says love is patient. Lust is certainly not patient, right? Lust says now, I want it now. That's the opposite of love. Love is not that way. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes always perseveres, love never fails. Wow, that is real love. Now, I'm going to read this to you out of another translation. This is from the Mirror Bible. And listen to this, verse 4. Love is large in being passionate about life and relentlessly patient in bearing the offenses and injuries of others with kindness. Love is completely content. That's why love doesn't put pressure on you, okay? Love uh, love doesn't do that. Lust puts pressure on you. Love does not, all right? Let's keep reading. Love is completely content and strives for nothing love has no desire to make others feel inferior and has no need to sing its own praises that's powerful that's just verse 4 we're going to keep reading but i want to encourage you as you're listening to this message i want to, i want you to take a good look at the relationships in your life are they relationships that are based on real love? And if they're not, I want to encourage you to put your faith in Christ and ask him to bring relationships into your life that are full and based on real love. All right, let's keep reading in verse 5 from the Mirror Bible. Love is predictable. Hey, how about that? And does not behave Out of character. You can trust love, right? It won't hurt you. It won't harm you. It won't walk out on you. Love doesn't behave that way. Love is not ambitious. Love is not spiteful and gets no mileage out of another's mistakes. That word there, spiteful, it's a powerful word in the Greek. It means it has no sharp Edges. So love has no sharp edges. Wow. You won't get cut. You won't get hurt in a relationship that is built upon real love. Mm, that's powerful. Love is not spiteful. So Let's keep reading. Verse 6. Love seeks no joy in injustice. Love's delight is in everything that truth celebrates see this is opposite so opposite of the movie 50 shades of grey right it's the total opposite all right verse 7 love is a fortress where everyone feels protected rather than exposed that's real love love's persuasion is persistent love believes love never loses hope and always remains constant in contradiction love never loses its altitude <laughs> wow love never i love that love never loses its altitude that word there in the greek means to lose height or to stop soaring love is so strong real there's nothing weak about real love it is the strongest thing there is. Well, it's really not a thing. It's a who, right? (laughs) Love. God is as strong as strong gets. He is perfect strength. And real love is perfect strength. Real love wants you to soar, to fly above the issues and circumstances of this world, to be the head and not the tail, to reign in life through Jesus Christ. Real love. God has the best in store for you. And I want you to know that real love will take you places that you could never go without real love. So there are some things that we just talked about that will really help you recognize what real love is now how do you experience real love well i want to tell you recognizing it is the first step but but love is not something that you have to figure out it's not something you have to strive to obtain love is something that you receive all right it's it's something that has been given to you by God, and it's something that you receive. And the very first step in experiencing real love is to receive God's love for you by putting your faith in what he did for you by sending his son. All right? Jesus said, I came that you might have life and life abundantly. And that is as true as true can be, but you're not going to experience that until you believe it. So that's the first step is believing what God did for you through his son, believe that he loved you that much that he gave his one and only son for you so that right now today you could begin living abundant life, you could begin soaring over the things that Kept you down over the things that used to bind you, you could be free from them, and that today you could begin walking in strength, in health, and in real freedom in your life. I want to encourage you not to let anything keep you from a real relationship with God. I want to encourage you to believe John chapter 3. Verses 16 and 17, believe John 17, 3, believe John 14, 23, believe 1 John 4, 7 through 10, that God did all of this just for you. I want to encourage you to make your relationship with God, with real love, the priority of your life. Set him above everything else. How do you do that? Well, one, one, one very important way is to make time each day to spend with him. This is not a religious thing. This is not um, done out of religious duty. This is a love thing that you set aside some time each day to just get alone with God, to find a place in your home somewhere where you can just get alone with Him, where you can read the promises that we went over today, where you can meditate on real love, and, and where you can talk to Him and let Him speak to you by His Spirit and through His Word, where you can worship Him and learn His promises and grow closer to Him. Man, take some time to do that. You see, if I'm not in an intimate relationship with God, I'm not experiencing real love in my life. And what ends up happening when I'm not spending time with real love on a regular basis, what I begin to do, I begin to malfunction and I begin to place a demand on others that they can't meet. I begin to let wrong thoughts Uh, begin to fester in my mind. Like, you know, uh, uh, Satan will tell you, oh, you need a lot of friends, you need a lot of people to like you to experience love. But that's not true. What you need in your life is, is good solid relationships that are built on faith in God's love for you. Nothing will strengthen you and encourage you more than good solid God relationships In your life, and and, you know, marriage is is meant to be um, a picture, uh, a real life. Uh, living example of God's love. But you know, in marriage, if the husband or the wife is not spending time alone with God in their own lives, if they're not cultivating that deep relationship with God, with real love, they're going to end up putting demands on their spouse that their spouse can't meet. See, in order, even as a husband or as a wife, to love to love the one you're married to like they need to be loved, you need to have that real relationship with real love in your life. So in order to experience real love, get alone with real love. Talk to God. Worship Him. Receive His Word. And don't ever let relationship with other people supersede your relationship with him. Love God above all else and and let your love for God establish the right priorities in your life. Oh, you'll be so glad you did. You'll be so glad. Make God your Valentine, really. Make God the one that you want to be with more than anyone or anything. And you will be so glad you did. I'm so glad that you took the time to listen to this audio podcast from Highway Church. And we want to encourage you um, to receive his amazing love for you. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the time that we've had together uh, via the Internet. And I pray for everyone listening that they would um, experience you today in a very real way, that they would set aside time to spend with you, to um, meditate on the scriptures that we just went over today, to learn and recognize real love, that they would experience it and grow deeper in you every single day of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. We invite you to take God at His word, embrace who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Put your trust in Him today and taste and see how good He is.